The Bible says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. Let's bow for a word of prayer and then you can be seated. Our precious Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence tonight, Lord, once again, we come to the throne of grace and mercy. And God, we do come in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to thank you that you've allowed us to be here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you've allowed us to worship you in spirit and in truth tonight. And God, we can never praise you enough for you alone are worthy to be praised. You've been better to us than what we deserve tonight. And God, we want to give you glory and honor. I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray the Holy Spirit would speak to every heart in this building. Lord, there may be someone here tonight lost, and I pray that you draw them to the foot of the cross, save them before it's eternally and everlastingly too late. Strengthen those that may be saved tonight, Lord, that may be struggling. I pray that you'll help them, encourage those that will be discouraged, and reclaim the backslid, and we'll love you and praise you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to verse number four tonight, and I want to preach a few minutes on this subject, on the course of this age, the course of this age. I think when we come to the book of Revelation in chapter number one tonight, there's many things that could be said and that will be said in this chapter, but amongst all of them, what John the Revelator is doing in these verses that we have read tonight is that he is laying out the course, not just the course of this book, but he's laying out the course of this age. And I think it's important because of all the canon of the scripture, Revelation chapter one is where you and I stand tonight, amen? It's where we're living at, friend. The early verses or the early chapters of this book is where we, the church, are living in this day and time. In this verse or passage of scripture that we have read, I see the penman is John, the revelator. He wrote the gospel of John, first, second, third John, and then Revelation. He's the apostle, the apostle John, the beloved. And certainly John knew much where he spent time with the Lord Jesus. But he's gonna find out more about Jesus in writing this book. He's gonna uncover more about Christ uh, in these 22 chapters of the word of God than he ever discovered or found uh, when he walked with Christ here upon this earth. Uh, you know what that tells me, friend, is that the longer you and I know Jesus, uh, it's just what makes him so wonderful is that though we may know him in this light today, we can know more about him in another light tomorrow. I mean, three and a half years walking with Christ here on earth, uh, he saw him as a prophet. Now he knows him to be as a, a priest, uh, but he's a about to write about Jesus as a soon coming king. Amen. You see, eternity is going to reveal Christ in ways that you and I never phantom. Amen. He is the greatest person tonight. Isn't that right? And John is the penman. We know that the uh, that the, play, the people here are the churches of Asia Minor. And John was a church man. And John is writing to the churches of Asia Minor. Can I just stop and say this? If the Bible highlights anything in the New Testament if it elevates anything in the New Testament outside the Lord Jesus Christ uh, it elevates the bride of Christ amen the church amen I think if you're saved tonight uh, and you love God uh, uh, you ought to be a part of a local New Testament assembly amen uh, you ought to go to church on a regular basis somebody say amen uh, you can't get what you need sitting at the house uh, and listen watching uh, uh, listen whoever you want to watch on television uh, uh, some radio 
radio or some television preacher. Uh, you can't get what you need there, uh, uh, but you can find what you need uh, uh, down at the house of God. Amen. Uh, and so we see the penman and then we see the people. But what is the purpose? Amen. And the purpose is simply this. Uh, John is writing to these seven churches uh, because he wants them to understand uh, not only who Christ is uh, in more of a form and fashion, but he wants to unveil uh, Christ uh, and the course of this age. Uh, I think that you'll agree with me that we are living in the last days of the last days. Isn't that right? I mean, I believe the trumpet could sound at any moment and we as the church could be gone uh, in the moment, the twinkling of an eye. And so tonight, let me give you three things uh, uh, concerning the course of this age. Uh, I want you to see, first of all, in verse number four, that the course of this age uh, has been marked. Amen? The course of this age uh, has been marked. Uh, what I mean by that is in verse number four, uh, John gives us some markers uh, uh, that will let us know uh, what makes up the course of this age. Uh, I'll say, first of all, uh, the first mark is that it is marked uh, by God's church. Amen? He said, John, unto the seven churches uh, uh, that are in Asia. So what marks this age uh, is that it is the church age. Isn't that right? Uh, I'm telling you, Jesus died for the church uh, and he gave himself for it. Now, if Christ died for the church, uh, then you and I ought to be faithful to the church. Isn't that right? Uh, we know the church is not this building, uh, uh, but the church is the body. Amen? It's the body of believers tonight. Uh, this, body, this building could burn to the ground and they could destroy it tonight. But the church will still go on uh, uh, because the church is not brick and mortar. Uh, but my friend, it's not an organization, but the church is a living organism. Uh, we're the body, the bride uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, if you go to the book of Ephesians, uh, you'll find that in Ephesians chapter number one, uh, uh, the church is a blessing uh, that can never be depleted. Uh, in chapter number two, uh, she's a body that can never decompose. Uh, in chapter three, she's a bride uh, uh, that can never be divorced. Uh, in chapter four, she's a brotherhood uh, that can never be dissolved. Uh, in chapter number five, she's a bride that can never be divorced. Uh, and in chapter number six, uh, she's a battalion that can never be defeated. Amen. Uh, and friend, that is the church tonight. And may I say I'm thankful and I'm glad to be a part uh, of a local New Testament church. Amen. Now, I think there ought to be some longevity in church membership. Can I get an amen right there? I don't think you ought to be members of 25 churches in the county. Isn't that right? Hey, brother, you gotta be with the church through the thick and thin. You gotta stay where God puts you. You gotta be there and serve in the church. We ought to tithe to our church. We ought to pray for our church. We should love our church. We should talk good of our church. You say, well, preacher, what if something bad happens in the church? Then you pray for the church, but you don't run around and tell everybody in the community you love your church enough that if you say anything about your church, it ought to be good. Isn't that right? Brother, I've been places and you have too. And we've heard people talk about their church. I'm telling you, I'd be afraid to run my church down, wouldn't you? There's one thing I can say tonight. I've never went anywhere 
and run this church down. I've never went out to another church and talked bad about this church. Uh, there's times in these past uh, uh, 20 years that we've went through trials and troubles like every other church. You know why? Because we're people and we're not perfect. But I wouldn't go out and tell that to another congregation of people. Uh, well, number one, it's none of their business, amen. And number two, it doesn't benefit them any whatsoever. And so the saying is, uh, if you don't have something good to say about your church, then y'all not say nothing. Isn't that right? Uh, but thank God for the church. Uh, I mean, for every one thing you can find wrong with the church, uh, I could tell you 10 things that are right. Amen. I'm telling you, it's a good place to come and hear the word of God. It's a good place to come and fellowship with the brethren. It's a good place to come and worship God. It's a place to get your soul fed. It's a place to build your family. It's a place to draw strength. Uh, it's a place to salvage your life. Uh, it's a place that'll help you in the hard times and the storms of life. Uh, I'm telling you, the world will not stand by you. Uh, but your brothers and your sister in Christ, uh, uh, they'll stand by you when the world has walked away. I'm telling you the best thing that we've got going for us outside our family unit is our local New Testament church. Hallelujah. And you ought to invest your time and your money in your church. I got problems with people that's got a bass boat and a four-wheeler and 49 shotguns, you know, and three different china sets. You know what I'm talking about? And they got the furniture in the living room with a plastic on it that nobody can sit on. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, and they've got all these different things. And then when the offering plate passes them by, listen, they act like they're Ebenezer Scrooge when it comes time to take up an offering. Friend, hey, I'd rather invest in his house than my house. Amen. I'm not saying you got to live in a shack by the side of the road but I am telling you this if you'll put God first and if you'll give what belongs to God and above that guess what God will bless you and you'll have more in the end than you ever would have keeping it yourself amen what marks the course of this age is my friend it's marked by the church and then secondly notice in verse number four that it's marked by grace amen he said in verse number four John to the seven churches which are in Asia Minor, uh, minor in Asia he said grace be unto you. Amen. You see what marked the course of this age uh, is not only the church uh, but thank God grace. Amen. I'm glad we're living in the church age uh, but I'm also glad we're living in the dispensation of grace. Amen. We're living in that time period of grace. Uh, oh the Bible says uh, that the God of all grace uh, shall keep you, strengthen you, establish you and settle you. Uh, the word of God said in James chapter number four, but he giveth more grace. Amen. He said, wherefore God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. For by grace are you saved through faith. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God tonight? I'm telling you, friend, it was grace that saved us. It's grace that keeps us. It's grace that allows us to serve. It's grace that allows us to worship. I'm telling you, friend, we're smothered in the grace of God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful we don't live in the Old Testament because in the Old Testament, they killed people for a whole lot less than what people live for today. Amen. You know why that is? Because they were under the law. 
And there was the time of the law. There was the time of government. But thank God this is the dispensation of grace. Uh, that means, my friend, that there's a throne of grace. That you and I can come into the presence of God. That the pastor's not a pope. He's not a priest. Uh, in other words, you don't got to get in connection. Nothing wrong with asking the pastor to pray for you. But if you got a need, you got a problem, and you don't have time uh, to pick the phone up, aren't you glad that you don't have to call the pastor or call the deacon? But you can get on your knees uh, and you can cry. Cry out to God and thank God he will hear you, amen. Because the throne of grace has been extended, amen. It's marked by the church, it's marked by grace and then it's marked by God's peace, amen. He talked about peace from him which is, which was and which is to come. Now we know that there will not be everlasting peace on this earth until the Prince of Peace comes. But I'm glad that in this day and time we of the church, we that are saved, what has marked the course of this age is that you and I can have the peace of God and we can have peace with God. Isn't that right? And if you have peace with God, you will have the peace of God. The peace of God passeth all understanding. Peace with God is in salvation. The peace of God is in supplication. It's in walking with the Lord. And what I'm saying, that's what marks this age. Uh, Jesus said in John 14 and verse 27, when he talked about going away and another comforter coming, he said, peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm glad that we can have peace in this day and time. When this world is turned upside down when my friend when there's so many things that's happening uh, uh, that my friend would bother you and would bother me I'm glad that we can open the pages of God's word and we know that the course of this age uh, no matter how destructive or disastrous it may look uh, it is marked by peace for the child of God amen I wish the church could have revival as a whole I wish America would have revival I wish this church would have revival. I wish people would want revival more than they want anything. But what revival don't fix down here, the rapture's gonna fix up there. Brother, as bad as this world may seem, don't hang your head down. Don't get the Monday blues. Don't go to work with the mully grubs tomorrow. I'm telling you, don't live, in, don't live in the gloom and doom lifestyle because as dark as this world may get, heaven is shining brighter all the time. And we're going, we're going home very soon, amen? That's our hope. And what the world needs to see is not a depressed saint. They need to see a delightful saint. They need to see that we have something in this dark world that they don't have. You know what that is? We have peace, amen? We can't figure it all out. We don't know how everything's gonna come to pass in our life nor in the end, but we know that in the end, God will take care of you. Isn't that right? And so it is marked by peace. It is marked by grace. It's marked by the church. But then it is marked by God's spirit. Notice what he said. He said, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. I mean, when you think about the course of this age, what marks this is the spirit of God. Now he said the seven spirits, amen? But that word spirit is capital S. Isn't that right? And God has given us in verse number one, one, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have the blessing of God the Father and now we have the Holy Spirit. That word seven is simply a number of completion and it talks about the complete power and the complete fullness of the Spirit. My friend, it is not talking about angelic beings uh, for only one can stand in the Trinity other than the Father and the Son uh, and that's the Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? Uh, and in this greeting, we have a greeting from the Father, we have a greeting from the Son and we have 
have a greeting from the Spirit. Amen. When Jesus left and ascended back into the heaven and thank God the day of Pentecost was fully come. On that morning when they was praying, what happened? The Bible said that they began to pray and the sound of a mighty rushing wind came in that room and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm glad you can be filled with the Spirit. Amen. And brother, I'm glad we're living in the Spirit day when we can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now that's what we need tonight, church. We need church members that'll be filled with the Spirit. You cannot be the mom and dad that God wants you to be if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't be the preacher, the pastor, the Sunday school teacher. That's what we're in desperate need of today. We need singers that'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, my friend, is simply yielding yourself to God. It's allowing God, it's surrendering your heart and your life to God, reckoning yourself dead and allowing yourself to live through Christ uh, and Christ to live through you. And when he does that and he has complete control of your life, uh, then the fullness of the Spirit, we have the indwelling of the Spirit when we get saved, but the filling of the Spirit comes uh, when we surrender to God. The indwelling of the Spirit uh, comes at, at the moment of salvation, but the fullness of the Spirit, the filling, should I say, of the Spirit, it comes whenever we surrender our will to God's will and allows God to work through us. Uh, young people, hear me. You can be a spirit-filled young person. All you got to do is yield to God. Amen. Get in that book and pray and yield yourself to God. Mom and dads, you can be a spirit-filled parent, but you got to yield yourself, your will, your ambition, your goals, uh, who you are. You got to lay it all on the altar of sacrifice uh, and say, God, not my will, but thy will be done and stay in the word of God and pray and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time act. Amen. It's an everyday surrender to the will of God. Amen. What did Paul say? Paul said, I die daily. You see, just because you might have been filled with the Holy Spirit yesterday, that doesn't mean you're going to be filled with the Spirit today. When you get up in the morning time, don't rush off to work. Don't rush the kids off to school without praying. Don't start your day without reading something from the Word of God. And without talking to the Lord, you say, oh, but preacher, I'm busy, busy, busy. You got to get up early, early, early. Isn't that right? You know how you do that? On purpose. You set the alarm clock a little bit earlier. You get out of the bed. If you're tired, you go wash your face. Somebody say amen. Wash your face even if you're not tired. That's good. And then read, listen, drink a cup of coffee if that's what you got to do. But you got to determine that you're going to pray and read the Word of God. And then you've got to ask God for help. You've got to ask the Lord, Lord, fill me with the Spirit today. Let me walk in the Spirit. Lord, help me not to walk in the flesh. If somebody gets mad at work, uh, God, listen, don't let me get in the flesh and fly off the handle. If my wife says something I'm not supposed to say, or if my husband says something uh, or that they're not supposed to say, if my husband says something that he's not supposed to say, Lord, let me have a sweet spirit. Let me have a right attitude. Is that right? I'm talking about, listen, if you don't pray about them things, you're not going to overcome them. You've got to ask God for help. We've got to ask the Lord. Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Let me be conscious of sinners around me. Let me be a witness at the schoolhouse. Let me be a witness to those that are around me. And let me be conscious of people that are dying and going to hell. Hey, Lord, help me be filled with the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Spirit is not an option. It's a command. The Bible says, be ye filled with the Spirit. I wonder how many of us today live our Christian life without being filled with the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Spirit will keep you from being a liberal. Somebody say amen. But it will also keep you from being a Pharisee. Somebody say amen to that. 
The closer you get to God, the more you reckon yourself dead, the more you realize how sinful you really, really are and how much you desperately need God. It does not provide strength, but it provides weakness the closer we get to God. And in our weakness is where our strength lies. Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, listen, Samson went out and he wished not that the Spirit had departed from him. What marks the course of this age is that, thank God, we can walk in the Spirit. What a privilege we have as believers huh, to get up every day and not live our life within ourselves, but allow the Holy Spirit to work through us huh, and for us to be a channel for His his power and His presence and His Spirit. I wish that somebody, I know there are those here tonight that know what I'm talking about, but I really believe there's many sitting here tonight that what you desperately need from God is you need to get a hunger and say, oh Lord, I've been doing things in the energy of my flesh and dear God, I want to yield my life to you and Lord, fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you, if you'll pray that, He will do that. Amen. I see the course of this age. And secondly, I see the course of this age is, is marked. Secondly, I see the course of this age is mysterious. Notice what he says in verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, watch this, who is the faithful witness. You know, all through the Word of God, Christ was a faithful witness. Both while here on earth and even now as he is our priest and our soon coming king. He witnesses about the name of God. It's in the name of Jesus that we find him. He witnesses about the nature of sin. If Christ did anything, he brought sin to the forefront and revealed who man was and that man could not save himself. He said he brought out what the law said, but many times he said, but I say unto you. And Christ raised the standard because he is the standard. Isn't that right? And his, the purpose of that is that the law might bring us to Christ uh, and that we might realize the nature of ourselves. Hey, man cannot save himself. Can I get a witness right there? Man cannot keep himself uh, and man cannot be anything good for God by himself. Amen. It takes Christ working and living uh, through us uh, and the yielding to that. And so he is a faithful witness. Christ uh, always told the truth. Isn't that right? You can trust his word. You can take him at his word tonight. And I'm thankful in this mysterious, uh, uh, this course of this age, though it may be mysterious, uh, we find Jesus Christ uh, as a faithful witness. Hallelujah. I'm glad he's a faithful witness. And then the Bible says that he is the first begotten of the dead, meaning that he is sovereign in death and resurrection. Because he got up, hallelujah, we're all going to get up one day. Isn't that right? Because he woke up on resurrection morning, thank God we're going to wake up on resurrection morning. Maybe some of you will wake up tonight on this evening. Amen. Uh, listen, the Bible says, Awake thou that sleepest and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Amen. I'm glad, thank God, he knows how to give us light. He knows how to give us life. Uh, you take just like they sung, uh, an old dry dead sinner walk the aisle and trust Christ as their Savior, and thank God Jesus uh, will pass by their way. He'll make a difference in their life and he'll change them for time and eternity. What, what sinners need today, they need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in salvation. And I think one of the reasons that we don't see the drawing power of God like we used to is because God's people are not living as clean as they ought to. Well, we ought to live a clean life, shouldn't we? Have you ever thought about this? Just, just recently, I... I thought about this. I wonder what areas of my life, Lord, needs to be cleaned up. I don't want to convince myself that I'm okay, that just because I've served God a number of years, that everything in my life is the way that it should be. There's always room for improvement. Can I get an amen right there? 
And we ought to pray, Lord, help me to be more like you. Lord, the outside may be clean, but what about the inside? What about bitterness, jealousy, malice, strife, envy, covetousness, those matters of the heart? that can creep in, that can destroy and can lie in our heart and we not even know that it's there. But oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. That faithful witness, that first begotten of the dead, Jesus Christ, He knows how to reveal what is in our life. The course of this this age is marked. The course of this age is mysterious. Notice He said this, that He's not only the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, but He's the Prince of the Kings of the earth. You know why John wrote that? Because... There have been a lot of kings up to the book of Revelation. But there's a king coming that is the prince of all those kings. There's a king that is coming that's going to rule this earth like it's never been ruled before. The king that is coming is going to show this world who's really in charge. I'm glad. You know, I'm glad that Barack Obama wasn't in charge. I'm really glad that Hillary Clinton was not in charge. And I'm glad that Donald Trump is not in charge. Amen. I'm glad the one that's moving the pieces of this puzzle and what's happening around this world. Friend, it's coming from heaven. Amen. Our headquarters is not in Washington, D.C. Our headquarters, thank God, it's in heaven, friend. God has always been in charge and he always will be. When it looks like things are spinning out of control, you rest assured. God's not nervous. He's not sitting up in heaven eating Rolaids, drinking Maalocks. I'm telling you, friend, he's sitting up there He's in full control. He sees the beginning from the end and everything that's happening is happening for a purpose. It's all according to his plan. He knows what's gonna happen before it even takes place. Oh, that gives me great assurance tonight to know that the king that I serve, he's the prince of the kings of the earth. Thank God I'm not bound down to some other king of my friend that's on a throne in this world. But I'm glad to him that loved us and washed us in his own blood. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He is the King of kings and he's the Lord of all lords tonight. That's him, amen. And the course of this age is marked. The course of this age is mysterious. Then I want to say in closing tonight, the course of this age is majestic. Because verse number five, the latter part in verse number six, it closes in majesty. As he talks about the grace that endures, he said unto him that loved us. Well, that's enduring grace. You ever tried to love somebody that didn't want you to love them? That's hard. You ever tried to love somebody and get your love rejected? Oh, the love of God. He loves every sinner. The God-denying heathen sinner that uses his name in vain. Christ died for him. He loves him and he wants to save him. The long-haired hippie that walks down the highway that doesn't know God. Christ died for him and he wants to save him. And those in the deep, dark jungles of Africa that's never heard the gospel, Jesus died for them and he wants to save them. I'm telling you that hellraiser that gives uh, uh, you and I a hard time. Maybe that one that curses and cusses God. He loved him and he died for him and he wants to save him. That murderer, Jesus died for him. You see, God doesn't have no favorites when it comes to sinners. Uh, He didn't elect some to go to heaven and some to go to hell. He died for all men who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, He's not willing that any should perish, uh, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. He wants to save anybody and everybody that'll put their faith 
faith and their trust in him. I'm glad it's a whosoever will gospel, amen. Friend, if it wasn't a whosoever will gospel, who am I to think I would have got in, amen. There's nothing special about me tonight. God could have let me and you went to hell and he has still been God, amen. It's just by his mercy. It's just by his grace that God allowed us to hear the gospel and be saved by the grace of God. If he never did anything else in our life, if he just let us stand in the corner of the church and raise our hand and be numbered with the redeemed, that ought to be enough for you and I to shout from here to glory, amen. Doesn't it feel good to be saved? I know we're not saved by our feelings and we're not, listen, it's not on feelings tonight, but it sure feels good to know that you're saved and you're going to heaven when this walk of life is over with. I look forward to that, don't you? I'm not saying I want to go right here right now. If there's a stay around a little longer pill, I'll take it. And you would too. But what I will tell you is this. When it comes my time to die, Brother Sean, I won't have to worry anymore. When it comes time to die, there'll be grace. Amen. When the tide is crashing at your feet, you rest assured. God has got reservoirs of grace that will see you through the end of life's journey. The grace that endures. My friend, the grace that elevates. He said in that last verse that he would make us kings and priests unto God. You know, it's kind of hard tonight for me to imagine Donald Black being a king. (laughs) He thinks he's one now, but... It's not the age, Brother Black. Amen. He wants Cheryl to call him Lord, but she's not going to ever do it. You've been here all day, so I might as well pick on you. Amen. uh, He's the only man I get permission to leave the church. It just doesn't bother me if he leaves. I know he's going to come back. But hey, we're going to be a king one of these days. We're going to reign with Christ for a thousand years and throughout eternity. Y'all believe that tonight? I believe that because it's in the Word of God. I can't explain everything about it. I don't know everything about it. But it excites me to know that tonight. That we went down a beggar to thank God we came up a millionaire. I'm glad we got riches tonight that money can't buy. I'm glad our coffers are full. I'm glad there's blessings and there's benefits that's out of this world. I'm glad that God has given us promises and He's given us a future. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. You think it's good being saved and serving God now? You wait till you get to heaven, friend. You know what God's going to do? He's just going to turn another page in the chapter of His grace. God said, you think you've experienced grace to save you and grace to keep you, but what about eternal grace? Amen. What about grace? Amen. That's going to be to you on the other side. I tell you, I waller in His grace right now, and I'm thankful for it. I need it every day. And I'm telling you, God's got so much grace, we've not even touched the hem of the garment. Amen. Through the deepest, darkest trials of this life, the grace of God is so much more stronger. It's so much more deeper. It's like the the ocean, my friend, that you can stand on this side uh, and look as far as you can, uh, but you cannot even fathom how deep and how wide the ocean is. Uh, so it is uh, with the grace of God. Uh, if it'll reach to the lowest uh, of the lowest hell uh, and pick up the dirtiest sinner out of the dung hills of this whole world, uh, pull him up out of the set pools of sin, uh, set his feet uh, on a solid rock, uh, establish his goings uh, and change his life, uh, how much more is the grace of God God going to be real to us in eternity, friend. And while we stand tonight, I'll say this. 
the course of this age is swiftly coming to an end. You better make sure you're saved tonight. And child of God, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life tonight. Spend your time serving God. Amen. Life is not about how much wealth we can gain. It's not about how many things we can gather. They're all going to be left behind one day. But life for a Christian is about pleasing his master and serving him each day to the best of his ability. The job that you're on today that God puts you on, you're not there by accident. You're not just there to draw a paycheck neither. God saw fit to put you on that job because he has a special plan. He has a special purpose in you being there. That ought to be enough to cause you to want to give him your best tomorrow. I know that we're, we're working for those people, but you're not really serving them. You're serving him. And what an employer ought to see out of an employee, they ought to see someone that gives their best every day. If they're a sinner, it ought to scratch, they ought to scratch their head and wonder why they're so good, why they work so hard. What a door of opportunity. What a great testimony. What a witness to those around. Because that's our purpose in being here. Is at the end of the day, have we pleased Him? Have we honored Him? Have we served Him? While we sing tonight, if you need to come, what page are we going to sing?